Hebrews chapter 4, one verse, verse 16. Those that are found it, say, I've got it. Come on, say, I got it. Here it is. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness. I want to put a tag on this text and preach for just a moment from the topic. Boldly come. Boldly come. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father, we honor you. This is your hour. We pray in faith that you would move right now. Thank you, Father God, for the ministry of music that we've all experienced. Now we simply ask for the ministry of your word to overtake us. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. One more hand of praise right now. Come on. Thank you so much, ushers. Boldly, boldly come. Here's our big idea for today's message. Desperate times call for bold prayers. Desperate times call for bold prayers. Y'all, we've been in this series, Pray First, for several weeks now with an emphasis on every believer that's a part of our faith community going deeper into his or her prayer life. Growing past the temptation of just asking God for stuff and, and landing upon a spirit of fervently pursuing intimacy with the Lord. Pray first, pray first. We, we fasted, uh, denying ourselves pleasurable dishes and or activities. Amen, somebody. So that we could be free to focus upon the Lord our God. We learn how to be consistent and persistent in prayer while following the model that Jesus has given us. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So then, as we conclude this series and as we finish this, this first series for 2022, my studies led me to this singular verse embedded within a deeper conversation and context in Hebrews chapter 4. The writer is dealing with the themes of rest and reward. And nestled in Hebrews 4, it says, Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Y'all, if this extended season of difficulty has proven nothing, it has proven that we are in fact in need. Testify if you can. We, we, we wrestle now with spiritual and emotional turmoil. Say amen if you can. 
Our loved ones find themselves desperate for both deliverance and direction. Uh, churches are struggling to maintain and to change in order to adapt to this shifting trend called church. Our finances fluctuate like the supply and the demand of goods and services while we watch our retirement accounts diminish by the day. Do I have one witness up in here? Desperate times call for bold prayers. And so the Hebrew writer leaves breadcrumbs for us to follow leading to the throne of grace, to that to that place where we all bow and share in the presence of the Lord, where, where we offer our prayers up to God by faith, trusting and believing they don't fall on deaf ears, where we go into our prayer closets and close the door, where, where we find ourselves on the prayer call talking to our loved ones and crying out to the Lord, not, not gossiping, but praying. Do I have a witness where we get on our knees early in the morning praying for that grandchild, lamenting for that loved one that's gone, but we do it at the throne of grace. But before we get there, he leaves these breadcrumbs. He doesn't want us to jump into verse 16. He leaves these breadcrumbs leading to the throne of grace. In the latter verses of chapter 3 and leading into chapter 4, the writer wants believers to know first and foremost that faithfulness matters. Get that down, beloved. Faithfulness. Faithfulness matters. He said, let us then make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall into the same pattern of disobedience. Faithfulness. It matters. Hmm. The rest in this passage speaks of our spiritual inheritance in which we experience the fullness of all that the Lord desires for his children. Somebody say fullness. So this rest is about a spiritual inheritance. And, and as a result, he wants us to know that there are some spiritual blessings that await those of us who are, in fact, faithful. Now, this is not salvation. This is not heaven. These are just spiritual blessings that are available to us. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I want everything that's coming to me. Mm, God, I, I don't want to get to the other side only to see what I could have had had I, I remained faithful. So what he's doing here is there is comparison is made with the children of Israel who were delivered out of the Egyptian hands of Pharaoh in the book of Exodus. They crossed the Red Sea and yet they never entered into their promised land. They never found their rest oh, because of their disobedience. Oh, I got one amen. I'll take it. They missed the fullness of their inheritance. Y'all, they missed their rest. Hmm, God. They were delivered out of bondage, out of slavery, out of evil, delivered, but not fulfilled in their inheritance. The writer is clear that same fate can befall believers who slack when they ought attack. Oh, God, that, that same fate can befall believers who fall when they ought to call. 
See, I've discovered this in my own life. I stumble and fall when I try to cover it up. But when I am open and honest about what I'm dealing with, when I call upon a brother to hold me accountable, when I call upon my wife to intercede for me, it helps me to watch out for pitfalls, and I have a greater chance of finishing well. Paul says, I want to finish. I want to finish, and I want to finish in such a way that God will be glorified with my life. Mm, they fall when they ought, ought call. Now, beloved, I'm here to declare and to decree. <laughs> now ain't the time to allow the cleverness of the world's philosophies to sway you. You ain't got to say, man, just look up here at me. Now ain't the time to chase religious rabbits just because life got hard. Oh, God, I, I know it's hard. I, I, I can identify with you. I, I know it seems unfair. I know every time you turn on the television, there's more bad news. Every time you answer the phone, somebody else is sick or dying. I get it. It's hard. And this is why the Hebrew writer transitions from faithfulness to the word. Hmm, yes, faithfulness matters, but also, Stephen Brown, the word matters. Get that down. The word, the word matters. And, beloved, if we stumble away from the word, if we try to grab all the stuff that's out there, we're going to find ourselves drifting from that that the Lord has called us to. Y'all, it is a clarion call. It is a warning for us, and it is especially true in this season. So many believers are struggling. You may say, Pastor Brown, I'm struggling. I find it harder and harder to stay engaged with the church. I find it harder and harder to stay engaged with the word. I find it harder and harder to do with what the Lord has called me to do. Faithfulness matters. The word. And oftentimes when we find ourselves drifting, it is because we're trying to do this in our own strength, with our own intellect. We're trying to debate things that we're not even supposed to even deal with. Listen to the description of God's word in verse 12. He says, for the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword penetrating as far as the separation of the soul and spirit joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. See, when you deal with the word, you really ain't got time to chase nothing else. Do I have a witness up in here? By the time you unearth the truth of God's word, Jesus will have returned. By the time you even understand a couple of verses, he may call you home. We need to spend our time in his word a little bit more. And so, so this pray first, this pray first movement is about prayer and it is about the word. When's the last time you dug into that word? Or does your Bible, amen, amen, or does your Bible stay in that car? Come on, some of you ain't touched that Bible since last Sunday. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. It's real. I've been there. I used to have a Bible for church. 
Amen, somebody. But it never quite made it out the car. Our faith is renewed with consistent digestion of God's living word. Not just Pastor Brown preaching on Sundays. Beloved, you got to spend time in God's word daily. Pastor, what are you talking about? I mean, you find you a Bible app. There are a dozen of them that are free. And this is for the young folk that don't want to carry a Bible. You find you a Bible app, and you find you one of those plans, and you set that calendar date, and it will remind you every day, get in the Word. Y'all, it's real easy. That part of it is easy. The hard part is opening up that app. Let me tell you why. Scrolling won't strengthen you. Oh, God. Scriptures will. And I never, I'll never forget, I'll never forget this. This pastor said, you know, I, I get it. I, I'm into, I'm into my, my iPhone or, or, or my device. He said, but it's amazing. Uh, uh, my Bible app is right next to all this other stuff. And I discovered that I rarely touch the Bible app, but I'm always touching the other stuff. Beloved, I'm here to let you know scrolling will not strengthen you. Scrolling will eat up your time. It will, it will distract you. It will detract from you. You better get in that word. The word matters. The word gives us guidance and direction. It gives us clarity. Many of us right now are struggling with clarity because we're reading everything except the word of God. I'm privileged. I'm privileged to drive my kids to school every day, every day, daily. It's a joy. It's a privilege of mine. And so we have this ritual when we get into the car, check the screen on the dash. I've got Apple CarPlay, Apple CarPlay, amen for Apple, I love Apple. So it gives me insight into the up-to-date traffic trends, Apple CarPlay. If I see red or yellow along the path that we plan to take, we make adjustments. We make an alternative route. Now, I can't see the road, oh God, but my CarPlay can. And, and, and based upon what CarPlay reveals determines the route that I take. Come, come here, somebody. As believers, we need eyes that we do not have. God has a greater vantage point and provides that information to us in his very word. I hide God's word in my heart that I might not sin against him. Is there anyone in the house that can testify when I get into God's word, I know which direction to go. When I get into God's word, it helps me to avoid some situations. When I get into his word, we're out here navigating blindly. And we wonder why we keep slipping into the same mess. Faithfulness matters. This is my introduction. Faithfulness matters. The word matters. Oh, this writer is killing me this morning, y'all. He killed me all week. But as we push to get to verse 16, the writer leaves more crumbs for us to nibble on. As we discover in verse 14 that Jesus matters. Oh, I'm coming down your block this morning. Jesus matters. Look at verse 14. This is, therefore, since we have a great high priest 
who has passed through heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are yet without sin. Y'all help me, priestess, even at home. Somebody say, Jesus matters. Oh, come and look at your neighbor and say, Jesus matters. The writer calls him the great high priest, which means Lord Jesus Christ has, has a way of handling us and helping us in ways that we can't even imagine. First thing we see here is that Jesus intercedes for us. Get that down. That's what a high priest does. The high priest stands uh, on behalf of the people. That's what Jesus does for us. Uh, they, they call Jesus the mediator, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. He stands in the gap. Romans 8 talks about how he intercedes for us. I, I don't know about y'all, but I need to be intercepted every now and then. I need for some stuff that I've done to be caught, help me Holy Spirit, to be caught so that I don't keep doing the same thing. Somebody say intercedes. And so the Lord Jesus is standing there, and he's, he's letting the Father know, oh, oh, she's all right, she's with us. Oh, oh he's good. Yeah, he, he's good. Oh, yeah, they all right, they all right. And, 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 and the, the identifying marker is none other than the blood. Mm, God, when, when those that the blood has covered, the Lord Jesus gives you the okay, he's all right. Now, I, I know he's struggling. I, I know she's going through, but they are all right. I love how he put that there. He says, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. He, he, he left here going back up there, but he didn't forget about us. And he's, he's standing there interceding at the right hand of the Father. But then he goes on to say, not only Jesus intercedes for us, secondly, Jesus understands us. See, I don't need a Savior who can't relate but oh my Jesus, he, he's gone through, uh, 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 no, let, let me rephrase that. He's been tempted in every way, but he is the only one who was tempted, watch this, and passed every temptation. He's the only one that saw everything but chose to fulfill the will of the Father. If you were to roll the tape of my life, you may pass it, Brown, you are disqualified. And guess what I am? But thanks be to God for the grace and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gives us another chance, but not Jesus. Jesus saw the temptation. The temptation found in Matthew chapter 4. He was tempted to turn stones to bread. He was tempted to, to fall down and worship Satan himself. He, he, he was even tempted to destroy his own life. And at every juncture and every temptation, Jesus met the temptation with the word. That's why the word matters. Jesus modeled for us how to deal with, he understands what we deal with. And he shows us how to deal with it. Jesus intercedes for us. Jesus understands for us. And as he ascended back to heaven through the clouds, we learned that Jesus overcame for us. Oh, I'm feeling this all by myself. He overcame for us. Of course, he, he overcame uh, death, hell, and the grave. Yeah, that's, that's good. He, he, he overcame temptation, showing us how we too can overcome it. 
but then he poured into us that same overcoming spirit. Do you know that we are more than conquerors? Do you know that we are more than overcomers? See, he overcame for us and then left a path for us to be overcomers. We ought not be defeated, y'all. We ought not fall back into the same stuff over and over and over again. Our great high priest, he's interceding for us. He's offered the ultimate sacrifice for us, as a high priest should. The song says, living he loved me. Dying he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. One day, he's coming back. Oh, what a glorious day. Oh, God, I'm, 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 I'm in my final movement, final movement, final movement. We've made our way to verse 16. I told you I was going to get there. Amen. The breadcrumbs led us there. Verse 16 says, therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness. Somebody say boldness. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. That's, that's our title, Boldly Come. Friends, faith matters. The word matters. Jesus matters. But finally, bold prayers matter. I need you to get that. And before I deal with with the past, I need for you to understand a couple of things about that. Y'all, we are not to be shy in our prayer lives. Come on, help me somebody. We, we aren't to be passive. Prayer is not the time for us to be cute. Mm, God, it, 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 it ain't the time to try to look good. Got no help up in here. When, when, when you come boldly, you, you, you ain't trying to impress nobody. Because you are praying and you are, you are interceding perhaps. You are lying on your face, not just for yourself, but for somebody else. And I need for you to know that when you are hustling in the spirit for somebody else, it ain't no time for cuteness. It ain't no time for big words. All it's time for you is to get on your knees and cry out to the Lord, Lord, I need you right now. Lord, I don't know how you're going to work this out. I don't know how this thing will be changed, but Lord, I need you. And I'm asking in faith that you would step into, I feel it right now, step into this situation, Lord. Provide where we need provisions. Heal where there is sickness. You got to go to war. Don't nobody want to fight no more. Never let's go to war. We got to go to war. The devil is trying to tear us limb for limb. And we scrolling and, and surfing and, and hanging out. And he's just having a good time going through the body of Christ. Bold prayers matter. And the Spirit is waiting on you to stop being cute with God. Get up on your knees and pray. That verse is, therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. If this ain't the time, I don't know what is. This week alone, 
I'm hearing about marriages ending. I'm hearing about suicide on top of suicide. I'm hearing about people who are struggling with life. People under the age of 25 with, with cancer. I'm, I'm hearing all kinds of things. And, 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 and we as the church plan with prayer. Bold prayers matter. Let me give you these and I'm going to let you go. The author is very specific. He gives us instructions. Watch this. As we finish our prayer series, as we move on to the next series uh, that we will be studying, he said, listen, I, I need for y'all to come with confidence. Get that down. Get that down. Come with confidence. Boldness simply means confidence. Confidence, uh, belief, here it is, that the great high priest has given us permission. He, he's already given us permission and access to come with confidence. Let me tell you what that looks like. It looks like, Lord, I'm getting ready to pray. Uh-huh. And Father, I believe what I'm about to pray. Y'all ain't hearing me. See, some of us pray, and it's like a what if. I, you know, I don't know if, if it's possible. I don't know. When you come with confidence, you get on your knees knowing the Lord is able. Now, again, we've been teaching you about how the Lord responds. He's going to answer. It may not be the answer that you want, but he's going to answer you. But I guarantee you that every answer from the Lord is the perfect answer. So you come boldly with confidence on your knees. Lord, I'm here this morning, and I'm praying over my children. I'm, I'm praying that you would watch over them as they go onto these campuses. I'm praying for their teachers and the administration. Lord, cover the campus in the name of Jesus. Now come with confidence. So here it is. Here is a sermon in the sermon. What is it that you need God to do right now? Come on, what is it that you stand in need of? What part of your life needs an infusion of God's presence and spirit? The writer says, come with confidence. Approach the throne of grace Boldly. But not just that. I'm, I'm, I'm almost finished. Bold prayers matter. Come with confidence. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness. So that clause, we may receive mercy and find grace. Not only come with confidence, come with expectancy. I feel that right now. Come with expectancy. Mm. Again, we don't, we, don't, we don't pray just to get at least tangible stuff, but, but we pray to experience. But the, the, the writer is helping me to see, Brown, you, you, you can come with some expectations. Oh, God. And, and, and let me tell you something. The more I recommit myself to prayer, the more my expectations rise. Oh, God, the, the, more, the more I come to the Lord in prayer with expectancy, the greater my, y'all, I'm believing and trusting God for some stuff I ain't got no business asking, but I'm asking him anyway, and I'm trusting, and I'm, I'm believing, and I'm, I'm laboring, and I'm falling on my face before him every chance I get. What is it that you stand in need of today? I mean, really. 
You've already examined your heart. It's not outside of God's will. It's not, it's not contrary to his word. What is it that you stand in need of? Do you expect, hallelujah, him to do it? Here's what I love about my expectancy. The writer suggests that the Lord receives and responds appropriately. Oh, God. He receives my prayer and he responds appropriately. Yes, the Lord has told me no more times than I care to admit it. Mm, God Almighty. Other times the Lord has let me do stuff contrary to his word and his will, and I've paid the dire consequences. Too many times do I have at least a, little witness, a couple of witnesses out there to get, I can thank you, Sister Helen. Amen. God bless you, Sister Standra. Every now and then, I'll ask for something the Lord don't want me to have, and I'll take it even though he didn't give it to me. Oh, God, I ain't got no help up in here. Too holy. I'm telling the truth. But there is nothing more rewarding to pray with expectancy and the Lord receive my request and then respond appropriately according to his will, according to his riches, according to his power. So what, what does he give us? What does he give us when we boldly pray? Watch this, two things. I love this. Number one, he gives us mercy to make it. <laughs> I'm trying to finish this, y'all. He gives us mercy to make it. Y'all understand that mercy is, 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 watch this, when you get something, when you get what you don't deserve, that's it. No, is that when you get what you do deserve? Which, which one is mercy? Help my mind, Lord Jesus. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. There it is. There it is. Not getting what you deserve. That's that mercy I'm talking about. That's when I wake up and see these two little children. Mercy. That's, that's when, I, that's when I, I come into this sanctuary and get to preach to you individuals mercy. What does your mercy look like? What, what, what do those blessings that you know you ain't got no business getting to God? The Lord gave them to you anyway. Mercy. And he gives us mercy to make it every day of our life. His mercy never runs out. I'm done. I'm done. He gives us mercy. Mercy to make it. Watch this. Watch this, Sister Brenda. Secondly, he gives us grace to overcome it. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. Grace, grace to overcome it. Mercy to make it. Grace, to, I'm, I'm not making up, it's right there in the text. He says, uh, may we receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. See, this is what I love about the grace of God that helps me to overcome it. The Lord gives me grace while I'm in the midst of whatever it is I'm in. He may not deliver me from the situation, but all too often he'll help me to overcome. Are there any overcomers in the house? Are there anybody, are there any people in this space this morning where you thought you were going to go under, but before you looked around, you was on top of what was trying to bring you under? That's that unmerited favor. That's that tremendous blessing. That's that's the Lord. That's the Lord adding on blessings on top of blessings that you don't deserve only to convict you and to challenge you to get you back into alignment. That's my experience, y'all. He's given me grace to overcome. It blessed me so much, it convicted me back into obedience. Somebody in here, you know, Lord should have taken you out a long time ago. Don't look at your neighbor. Look at me. Look at me. Look, look at the camera. Amen. Look, look at your screen. Long time ago. I'm finished. I promise I'm done. 
and his grace gave you another chance, bro. Yeah. Just so you would get yourself back in order. Faith matters. The word matters. Jesus matters. Bold prayers matter. Mercy to make it. Grace to overcome it. I love this little story. Little boy one day came to his mother and said, Mommy, would you make me a peanut butter sandwich? She's like, sure, baby. Mama went in the kitchen and made him this sandwich and, and brought it back to him. He said, Mama, I asked you for a peanut butter sandwich, but you put jelly on it too. God, Y'all know what mercy is? Mercy is when God not only gives you what you asked for, but he adds a little extra on it too. Is there anybody in the house that can thank God for the jelly in your life? The jelly of finances, the jelly of health and wellness, the jelly of healing. Somehow the Lord knows what you need. And he gives you what you need and puts a little jelly on top. You didn't ask for the jelly. But by the grace and mercy of God, he showed up with the peanut butter and the jelly. Give God some praise for jelly. Give God some praise for the mercy. Mercy that woke me up this morning. Mercy that started me on my way. Come on, bless him, bless him, bless him. Praise him in this place. Come on, bless him. Open up your mouth. Praise him in your living room. Come on, bless him for the mercy. Oh, God, we thank you in this place. We glorify you, Father God. Father, we repent that some of our prayers have not been bold. They've been teenage. They've been weak. They've been offered with little to no faith. They've not been in alignment with your word. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying. Oh, God, for faithfulness within our body, for bold, faithful, biblical prayers. So, Father, I pray a covering over every home represented here in person and online. Lord, I'm asking that your spirit would just nudge us to get us off that sofa and get us on our knees. That your spirit would just push us out of bed in the morning when we're getting way too much sleep. I pray that your spirit would stop us midday to pause and give you glory, praise, and honor. Not just for the grown folks, but for the young folk. I pray that these young people would embrace prayer as a lifestyle that they'd be committed to laying their burdens before you because the enemy is coming after them, Lord. And he's taking full advantage of their consumption of devices and, and games and stuff. Please, God, settle their minds to pray to you in Jesus' name.